Financial Policy Podcast Series. We are back this year with a new episode, and this time we'll be speaking about Renewable Energy Directive. I am Jenny Varfi, Policy and Legal Director at EDSO, and I will be hosting this episode. Today, I am thrilled to welcome our special guest, Santiago Gallego, who is Networks Regulation Manager at Iberdrola. Welcome, Santiago. Hi, Jenny. Thank you very much for your invitation to this podcast, and, and thank you for your kind introduction. I have to say I'm happy that we are having this episode in person and not remotely. Santiago, in this episode, I would like to exchange with you on some aspects of the Renewable Energy Directive, namely those related to distribution system operators. I will start with a general question and thereafter we can dive in into specific, if that is okay with you? Absolutely. As you know, the Renewable Energy Directive is one important piece of legislation under Fit for 55 package since it sets a comprehensive framework for the deployment of renewables across all sectors of the economy. But more importantly, it is expected to play an important role in setting the scene for the integration of the EU energy system. I would like to hear your view on whether this proposal is up to the standard. Indeed, the integration of renewables will be crucial to achieve European Union's ambitious targets. And Europe has come a long way in increasing the uptake of renewable sources in different sectors, due in part to the success of the current directive. The latest figures show good progress, with a penetration of renewables of more than 20%, stemming in large part from the electricity sector, as it has been the most effective at integrating renewables, mainly because electricity from renewable sources is two or three times more efficient than from fossil fuels. So if I understand correctly, it's a good news about the penetration of renewables, but do you think that the recast of the Renewable Energy Directive is a driver for electrification? Yes, uh, definitely. Electrification based on renewable energy sources can be considered the most cost-efficient solution to decarbonize, especially from wind and photovoltaic technologies because they are currently mature and competitive. And uh, as you mentioned, the new text proposes a binding European Renewable Energy Target of at least 40% by 2030, supplemented by new sub-targets for the uh, relevant sectors uh, like transport, buildings, industry and uh, heating and cooling. Nevertheless, the proposal entails important consequences for DSOs that must be commonly addressed and for this reason, EDSO have recently published a position paper expressing our concerns and recommendations since we believe there is still room for improvement. I am happy you mentioned it, Santiago, and your arguments, I have to say, are in, in line with the concerns we raised in our position paper back in December 2021. I would, however, be curious to know, since you are the expert, if the recast of the Renewable Energy Directive provides a specific role for DSOs. What's your take on this? In general, we appreciate the recognition of electricity DSOs and their importance for integration of renewables, since most of them are connected at distribution level, and of course they will be doing so in the coming years. We are seeing how DSOs are definitely having a central role in a more integrated energy system with the customer at the center, who in turn will have the opportunity to be more active through their consumption and generation. I see, all right. But do you have in mind any provision recognizing the new role of DSOs that you could share with us? Absolutely. In this sense, the directive includes several provisions, like for example, Article 1, Part 10, which recognizes explicitly the role of DSOs, with consequences concerning the integration of renewable sources in distribution grids. And more important, 
the building and management of an integrated and decentralized energy system. But, uh, as I said previously, it seems that the Commission approach to network operators needs some adjustments. For instance, we still miss a proper regulatory framework enabling investments by DSOs to make possible the integration of renewables. Another example would be the facilitation of permitting procedures for new electricity lines. Indeed, I fully agree. Uh, but more specifically, do you think that the way DSOs are included in the Renewable Energy Directive is appropriate to contribute to the climate neutrality goal in itself? In broad terms, this proposal seems in line with the recognition of DSOs as neutral market facilitator, as it is established in the Clean Energy Package, and allowing the connection and secure operation of the enormous amount of new renewable plants. However, we acknowledge that the role of DSOs is not sufficiently recognized in some parts of the text, because the directive should still consider the central role that DSOs are playing to achieve the emission targets. What would be your recommendation to fix this? Well, our recommendations to the European Commission include, among others, to reconsider the mandatory requirement to make data available in, on the share of renewable electricity and also greenhouse gas emissions in the electricity mix. That is something that the directive includes in Article 1, Part 10. And this article also introduces requirements for non-publicly accessible recharging points that it's a very relevant topic for distribution system operators, since it affects mainly to national and local planning processes. As you know, Seni, it is really important that DSOs know as early and as exactly as possible where these charging installations will be located, to get the network prepared in time to avoid future congestions. Santiago, we talk a lot about flexibility in our sector. Uh, therefore, I was wondering whether there is anything in the directive about flexibility and balancing services. Hmm, this is an interesting point. The proposed directive recognizes the importance of flexibility and balancing services coming from domestic batteries and electric vehicles. But uh, in my opinion, the evaluation of the needs for flexibility services should remain under DSO management as set up in the Electricity Market Directive. DSOs have clearly the mission of ensuring a fair participation of third parties in providing these flexibility services. And for this reason, it should not be subject to additional specific evaluations. You raised some interesting points here, Santiago. Um, I've spotted that the Recast Directive proposes a requirement for DSOs, namely to make available information of the share of renewable electricity and the greenhouse gas emission content of the electricity. I, in your view, are the DSOs the most appropriate actors to collect and share this type of information? Not really. It is clear that thanks to the digitalization of distribution grids and the uptake of smart grids and meters, DSOs have now many digital tools at their disposal to collect relevant data. Acting as neutral actors, they are well placed to share this data with all relevant stakeholders. Nevertheless, and with regard to this obligation, I think that the disclosure of such data for each bidding zone is a challenging and expensive requirement for network operators. Would you be able to provide an example in this regard? Of course. Take for example the difficulty to disclose the percentage of renewables when the generation is not directly connected to the DSO grid. The energy is produced at transmission level and then delivered to customers connected at a lower voltage. In this case, the calculation of the carbon content of electricity is out of the scope of DSOs. Another important problem is the lack of metric data on close to real time in many countries. As I see it, 
The mandatory requirement to make data available in near to real time should be a voluntary requirement, or at least decided on a member state level. But anyway, DSOs are of course ready to contribute with the relevant information at their disposal. I believe that a more digitalized energy system is really paramount for the energy transition. Santiago, excellent. Um, as much as I would like to keep this conversation going, we need to conclude this episode. What is the strongest side of the Renewable Energy Directive and what is one aspect in which improvement is absolutely necessary? As mentioned, we really welcome this new directive since it proposes a cost-efficient integration of renewables in all energy and uses and promotes the use of demand-side flexibility, which is very relevant for DSOs. This, together with the overall target of 40% of penetration of renewable energy in final consumption by 2030, are, in my opinion, the main positive aspect of the directive. Regarding improvements, I have previously mentioned some of the points where the directive needs some adjustments, especially uh, regarding the role and tasks of DSOs, but it is equally important to consider that the energy efficiency first principle must be implemented in a more sustainable way. The energy transition will require enormous amounts of renewables in the next years to make possible the reduction goals. For this reason, the integration should be focused on energy sectors where they are more valuable. For example, favoring the electrification of industry, transport and heating, mainly through the distribution grids and trying to address more inefficient transformations in a later stage. Santiago, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you for joining me today and sharing a lot of insightful information. And thank you very much for listening this episode. Don't forget to listen to ADSO monthly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, stay tuned for future ones. Goodbye. Goodbye.